from Jonathan De Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. And oh my God, what a nightmare. We're, we're all together though, lads. That's the important thing. We we are in Sheffield for this episode. Uh, ben is joining me. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. As is Chris. Good afternoon, Dave. Yeah, so we decided it would be a good idea if we all met up in Sheffield, you know, had a few beers, watched a Stoke game and recorded the podcast afterwards, which was such a brilliant plan in theory. Uh, I mean, where the hell do you begin with that, Chris? <laughs> um. I don't even know where you start with it, apart from maybe predictable. Like, I don't know. Ben was very, very confident going into this, and I don't know if that was just a, f- a face he put on for us to, you know, big up that we were going to do well. I, I had no hope going into this game, um, and the team got announced. I still had no hope. And then, what, 30 minutes in, Harry Kane scores... And then it just became comic. And to be fair, I've had a really nice afternoon because it's been hilarious for all the wrong reasons. It's shambles. Shamble, omni-shambles. Omni-shambles, even. Ben, omni-shambles, would you agree with that? 100%. I don't think a word, a made-up word, has ever been better used than that word right there. I, I think we all have to, to thank Tottenham for taking their foot off the gas at half-time because if they didn't do that... We'd, I'd probably be in tears right now, to be quite <laughs> honest. I was going into the game. I was more. I said to Chris before the game that I was confident more because I would love to see us surprise ourselves this season. Because as of yet, this season we have not had a game where we went into it as underdogs and really pulled off a result that we could be proud of and, and stick our flag next to it and be like, "That was such a good game last season." That hasn't <laughs> happened yet, and I'm thinking it's got to happen at some point, and it. <laughs> still hasn't quite clearly after today so yeah not, yeah, not great Chris you mentioned your hopes uh, <laughs> remaining at rock bottom when you saw the team sheet uh, I think there was some optimism before the game that we'd uh, see the reintroduction of Shakiri back into the 11 and that we'd uh, introduce a bit more flair into the side uh, and we didn't we, I think we had the same team that started against Crystal Palace uh, Adam and Wheel in the midfield behind Joe Allen and for my money, that is the worst midfield display I've seen this season. I think Whelan and Adam were both horrendous. They got torn absolutely to pieces in that first half. Alan, I've, we've said it before that he's not a number 10. And the argu- the counter to that has been that, he, well, he's, he's chipping in with goals. When we're away from home against Spurs, what is the point of him being a number 10? His attributes are so not suited mm-hmm. to that kind of environment. And we just saw it today. He, he didn't have a kick. Uh, people who did have a kick, meanwhile, were Adam and Whelan. <laughs> Shame they're on the Tottenham players. Um, but also at the back, mm. Shawcross and Martins Indy were getting uh, pulled out wide. Kane had an absolute field day. And all the headlines tomorrow will be about Kane and how well he played. But two of those goals were <laughs> shocking. Absolutely mm. shocking. The first one, Shawcross... Just displays a nice back heel, sets him up perfectly. <laughs> it's a great finish, to be fair. And the second one is a great finish as well. But why is the best striker in England 
completely unmarked on the edge of the penalty area <laughs> than any ideas. <laughs> well, no, I don't have any ideas why that's the case. Oh, I think a lot of people would have been thinking the same when Harry Kane literally found himself in, in yards. And I don't know who the closest player was to Kane on that second goal. And honestly, tweet in if anyone knows off the top of the head if there was even a player challenging him at all. It's absolutely shambolic. I think the important thing maybe to remember, although we did play horrifically badly, is that the Spurs team were very good. They've just been mm. knocked out of a European competition. They were obviously up for today and they, they did put in a good performance, but that was helped no end by the fact that we just didn't have any fight in defence. There was nothing that... The zonal marking again, I think... It, Jesus. It, it, just, it just doesn't work. And it's shown there with Kane just being in acres of space on the edge of the box. And, and in defence... I don't think anyone played well except for Grant. I think he's yeah. the only player mm-hmm. that comes out of this game being like, sort of, he can feel a bit hard done by because when he was called upon, a number of times he was called upon, mm-hmm. he did, he made some fantastic saves today. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, an arg- there's an argument that, I mean, none of the goals are really Grant's fault at all. No. They're, they're, mm. As you said, they're good finishes from Harry Kane. Third one is a wicked deflection. Fourth one... Um, from what I remember, he couldn't really do too much about it. Um, but no, you're right. It's a it's a terrible, terrible defensive display. I think it was said earlier in the week that this Spurs team, that their midfield is crucial to their creation and we needed high intensity. We needed to put them under pressure and we didn't. We sat back and if, yeah. if anyone was putting a team under pressure, it was Spurs. When we got the ball, we were hurried. That's the thing. We couldn't keep the ball at all. We were... Shocking in possession. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you see it time and time again where, oh, bloody hell, we panic, we panic, boot it. Boot it to Crouch. Crouch can't hold it up because he's got two defenders grabbing him. That's not a foul. So he's getting pulled around. He can't hold it up. There's no one running onto him anyway. And then, oh, right, we've lost the ball again. Spurs are building from midfield. And there's no one around him. What it's- was astonishing to me, okay, Spurs are a very good side, as, as you've said, but... They were just so much faster than us in every department. We put out probably one of the, the slowest 11s we could have put out. But you have to remember, we've had two weeks warm weather training in Dubai. <laughs> They've just been knocked out the Europa League midweek, having played pretty horrifically. And they were just like yards and yards ahead of us. To every ball, they were quicker. And no wonder we like started kicking them, because that's, that's as close as we got. In terms of creating chances, you know, we may as well have just not bothered. We had that one chance where uh, Peters put a good ball in and uh, it was a good save from Lloris to deny Crouch, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even that was offside, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just, there's going to be a lot of Hughes out, Hughes in social media stuff tonight, which I don't really want to bother with because I think regardless of what your <laughs> opinions of the manager are now, it's not going to, He's not going to be sacked in the middle of the season. Um, but they're just... The, that second half, they took their foot off the gas mm-hmm. and they were still streets ahead of us, which is just so frustrating because we had those quotes from Hughes in the run-up to the game, like, oh, well, we're a different proposition now. Damn right we're a different proposition. We're probably worse than we were <laughs> in the last 4-0, the last of the three 4-0s we've had against them. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake... Um, Ben, any positives to draw from this? I think there's one obvious positive that a lot of people have commented commented on, and that is Ramadan Sobby. I said prior to the game when I saw his name on the on the on the team sheet that that was 
a definite positive to take into the game. I don't think I've seen him play badly for Stoke yet. Certainly for a for a player of his age, he's he's looked very mature on the ball whenever he's had the opportunity and he had a another chance. Granted, he like it's tough when you're losing four nil and you're playing in a performance that is so bad as we were today. It's going to be tough for any player, let alone sort of one so young. But I think when he got the ball, it it sometimes looked like we could we could do something where <laughs> with anyone else on the pitch. I mean. I was seeing a lot of people praising Arnautovic. I think Arnautovic maybe had a bit of fight in him, which is a good thing. But on any other day that wasn't today, we'd, Arnautovic didn't play well for me. Fair enough, he tried. And that's, that is that is all right. He didn't but, see nearly enough for the ball for me. I no. think that was typified by one breakaway we had where Charlie Adam was storming up the pitch and just needed to find Arnie acres of space and just uh, didn't. Um, yeah, I, it was a frustrating day for Arnautovic. I totally understand that. Uh, Chris, can we have some uh, three-word responses? We can. Preferably some broadcastable ones because there's a lot of foul <laughs> language in these. There's a lot of foul language. So what I will do is I will edit them with alternative words and people <laughs> can use their colourful imagination to to work it out. So some... Shall, shall we just replace any bad words with the name of a Tottenham player? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that sounds a plan. So uh, at... Tim underscore SCFC. Clueless, inept, idiots. Our friend from across the pond, Nola Stokey, says he should have slept in. Oh, bless him. <laughs> Lewis Gibson says, so then, Ranieri? Question mark. <laughs> um, SCFC related says, Kane off, Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe Barbieri, I assume, speaking about one of our Scottish players, calls him an iron brew winks. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Williams says that they've improved their golf handicap uh, inexcusable perfor- inexcusable weak performance painful to watch get the subs on oh dear lord ha ha cry should just forfeit got no spine you expected otherwise Ooh. Stoke isn't life question mark and defence being penetrated oh and one final one still in Dubai yeah that um... there's a lot more but, but... That you expected otherwise was from uh, our friend Jace, wasn't it? And uh, before the game, we were sort of like joking, like, oh, this will be 4-0 again. Won't this be typical Stoke? I don't think we were expecting it to be 4-0 before half-time. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think that 45 minutes is the worst we've been all season, including the Palace game. I think we were worse than that. And I know Tottenham are better than Crystal Palace, but just the manner we approached that half was just utterly abysmal we had we had not we played the grafters and I'm, I'm sorry to use these sort of terms that get banded about our grafters flair players but we played guys who in theory should be able to dig in against like quality quality opposition they should be able to show some fight they should be able to show some like defensive nuance none of that at all charlie adam i just I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, I'm sorry. I know he's scored that goal against Chelsea, and I, 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 so, I, I, I can, I can, I can feel the tweets coming in as as I speak now. But useless today. Absolute utter toss. He it's, was absolute. Offered nothing. It's what we offered nothing, and was a liability yeah. defensively. We've said this though before. There is no middle ground for Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam doesn't have a good game. 
He either has a game where, oh my God, did you see what he did? Did you see that pass? Did you see that? Or, and sorry, more often than not, he has that game where, oh, why, why did he just run into the back of a player? <laughs> why did he just... We ran a sweepstake at half-time <laughs> saying, uh, what minute are we getting a red card in this game? Because... In real fairness, I, I'm quite amazed we escaped without a red card, to be honest, because Whelan and Adam were looking like walking red cards. Mm-hmm. And also Arnautovic had a kick at Deli Alley as well. Mm. And it's like, what is the point? If if you're going mm. to, to Spurs on the basis of, right, we'll, we'll dig in, we'll frustrate them for as long as we can. Why then, when we go a goal down, when we go two goals down, do we just give up and start hacking at them? Yeah. It's pathetic. The attitude of probably most of that 11 was pathetic mm-hmm. and they're not and they're not mobile enough though as well no, and i think and, and that's that's the issue that they're uh, and, and i want this to come out in the, the <laughs> politest of ways they're not whelan isn't as mobile as maybe he once was although he's never been really really a quick player charlie adam is not mobile at all joe allen bless him tries his best to close people down but he's playing out of position he's He's not in the right role, That's and they're the playing, I, yeah. but they're playing against Ericsson, Deli Ali, and Victor Wanyama, and it's like ha, you need something else to be able to come back with those three players. And Charlie Adam is not is not the answer in that respect. I think that's the issue with playing Joe Allen at number ten. We've got Joe Allen running around. I don't want to say like a headless chicken, but at times he's just running around, running. To, break, to close down their central defender who's on the ball or maybe a Victor Wanyama or Eric Dyer, if they get round Joe Allen, which is quite easy when you've got someone just running straight for you, then all they've got is space in front of them and, and Adam and Whelan to, mm-hmm. to attack. And you've got two central midfielders there that, as you say, they're not mobile. And, and that's not me saying, oh, I hate Glenn Whelan. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm moving off Charlie Adam definitely, but I, I think Glenn Whelan has definitely got a role to play in our team. But that's a fact that they're not as mobile as they could be. If Joe Allen was sitting there instead of being the number 10, but holding and then breaking down the, the passing channels and stuff, then that's where it could work. But at the moment, we've got Joe Allen bumming forwards to close down a really, really, really good midfield of Victor Wanyama and Dyer. But then if they get through there, they get through Joe Allen. There's so much space for them to operate in. And, and it showed today. And they just absolutely annihilated us in the middle of the park. Against Wolves, when we were 2-0 down, he brought off Mbula and Bojan and kind of made an example of them, saying, look, this wasn't good enough. And Bojan was sent on loan to Mainz and Mbula has had like a few minutes off the bench here and there. So they've both gone into Hughes' bad books pretty much straight away. I don't don't get why either Adam or Whelan stayed on the pitch for as Mm -hmm. long as it, presumably because they didn't want to give Jeff Cameron too many minutes because he's only just coming back from an injury or something. Mbula must be there thinking... What have I got to do? Yeah, exactly. What 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 was there to lose by him bringing the Bueller on? <laughs> I mean, absolutely uh, frustrating as hell. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I think I think thank God in a way that the second half was as dull and lifeless as it was because, <laughs> as you say, it could have been more goals and we could have been sitting here in Sheffield just going absolutely berserk. But yeah, those were my frustrations and the. Pretty much all from the first half. Second half may as well not have happened because neither did we play better, but I think Spurs just played worse. Mm -hmm. Um, Shall we uh, try and escape the the Spurs chat if we we want to? 
any, any other points from this game? I don't think there's anything else that really can be added from it apart from next week is a, a, a game that we... I don't want to say it's a must-win game because like, we're not in a position where oh, we, we have to win to get the points, but I think just to quell any discontent. But but we've had these games before this season, haven't we? We said this when we went to Sunderland, like, we need a result here because the Hughes out uh, voices are getting louder and, you know, we've been on a bad run. We've just, we've just had a horrible result against X team. It strikes me that we've had four or five games a season against, like, mediocre sides that we've won in quite tepid affairs that have just been like, oh, right, we're back on track now. It's mm-hmm. been it's been a season of just you know just doing enough for me, mm. and is just doing enough good enough. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, I'm pers- I'm personally happy to see Jeff Cameron back. I think that was I think he was a fantastic player for us before he got injured, and and it's good to see him back in the middle of the park if he can get back involved. I'm happy to see that Berahino is getting more minutes. If he can start for us soon, then that would be a really fantastic thing. I think. This was the type of game if we had Berahino in, in full flow, he would have suited playing up top in his own much more than, than Peter Crouch would have done. Um, but yeah, and we um, and it's also maybe important to remember that this Spurs team is a very good Spurs team. And and yes, 4-0, losing 4-0 in a half essentially, because if we played the Spurs team of the first half in two halves, then it wouldn't have ended 4-0. Mm-hmm. But as as disappointing as it was, we need to remember that Losing against the Spurs team is not a bad thing to happen, as demoralising as this as this loss has been. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll move on then to uh, hopefully what is a long running and brand new feature, just like Hughes Night wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's our listener question. So basically, every week, new question, we'll answer it, and then we'll have uh, our listeners answer it next next week, and so on and so forth. Our question this week is, in honour of Wayne Shaw, what was your 15 minutes of football fame? <laughs> Chris? Okay, so, I mean, I kind of alluded to the fact on, on, the, on last week's podcast, on our Q&A one, that um, I, I've never been good at football, and in, in all honesty, never progress to any level of of decency and as i said last week when i was younger quite happily in the middle of a game stopped and played power rangers <laughs> uh which you know is i'm sure it's embarrassing but it was a fun game uh, <laughs> and, 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 and in all honesty the only footballing accomplishment not even like how close to football fame this is the only accomplishment i can think of is that when uh helping out at a at a school like summer school type thing uh i in in like a football challenge i managed to volley a football through a basketball hoop now that's good it was very good wow. except no one you would it or anything yeah you would have gone viral would have gone it was it was like um those freestyle trick guys you know who are always on 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 the youtube uh it, it was it was just yeah brilliant complete fluke uh, <laughs> and yeah. never to be repeated again but Alas, that's yeah. that is as as famous as I've ever been for football. I mean, if you can volley it through a, a, a basketball hoop, you should probably take corners for Stoke, to be honest. Because <laughs> dear God, <laughs> some of those today. 
Uh, ben, your your football fame. Well, um, I've mentioned on the pod as well before that I played football against Jack Wilshire's brother. Um, that's something, maybe. But that's not my moment. My moment, <laughs> you, you need to have a look at my my Twitter cover photo, if you haven't already, have a look at it. Um, because my moment was scoring a 30-yard screamer. And I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating. This was a, an amazing, amazing goal. And I went mad. The celebration was just quite incredible. And it was in a football match where... There were, I went to university in, in Exeter and we had every year we did this sort of charity football match event, raise money for a local charity, playing football, um, unsurprisingly. And so there were representatives from, from Exeter City. There were players from Exeter City that I'm not going to name because you wouldn't have heard of them. <laughs> and also quite fittingly, um, I think the director of football or some similar role, Steve Perryman, who is ex-Tottenham, which oh, is quite fitting. Yeah. Um, he was in the crowd as well, scored this 30-yard scream and literally posted stamp top left. Um, and yeah, it, do- it doesn't matter that I'd already tried about 15 times to score oh, from God. outside the box. I was, I was the Charlie Adam of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of, them, one of them hit and yeah, I, that, was, that was the closest moment I've got to. And like Charlie time. Adam, it made it all worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they still talk about me down there. You're, down you're the dining out on that. Um, <laughs> On, My football fame. Uh, I was a goalkeeper at primary school. Um, so year six, I, I started playing for the first team as a goalkeeper. I, I was okay for for that level. Uh, but my highlight of that was um, scoring the win, winning penalty in a penalty shootout as a goalkeeper. And I specifically nice. remember the opposition goalkeeper uh, turning in anger to his post booting it as hard as he could and then crying. Oh. <laughs> Get in. Oh. <laughs> um, apart from that, uh, I didn't go to a school that played football, um, secondary school. So um, I had my five-a-side team at uni, which was called Shattered Dreams Parkway. Scored, <laughs> scored goal of the season for them. So nice. yeah, that was all right. And uh, I've, I've scored a penalty at the Britannia Stadium. Now, um, Chris is wearing the 0405 home shirt. Uh, and th- that was a season I got a chance to go on a pitch and win a season ticket. So they had these little goals set up. Um, so it was like, David Carlshaw, you- you've won a chance to win a season ticket. And basically you've got three empty nets, but you go further away each time. I scored the first one, won like a goodie bag or something. I don't care. <laughs> and then... Uh, Next bit, one. bit of a you know greedy attitude. I yeah. don't, don't care about my goodie bag. There was a season ticket on offer. Uh, this was 0405 though, so I probably didn't want one. But, um, and then I got moved further back, so it's like 20 yards away against an empty net, missed. And then uh, 30 yards away, empty net, missed. Still got the season ticket because they because they, they wouldn't turn. You know, say no, no, no season ticket for you. You can't take penalties. <laughs> that so, is generous. So, yeah. Our club, eh? You've got to love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah. our club. Humiliation in front of about 13,000 against oh. Rotherham, I think that was. Oh, gosh. Um, and also, I've, I've, I did some in- investigation into, uh, you know, FIFA eligibility rules and stuff. And I think I'm eligible to play for Bahrain. So, <laughs> because my mum was born there. So if there's any scouts from Bahrain mm-hmm. and, and you want a player who hasn't played any kind of football in about two years you know <laughs> tweet us <laughs> I, we've, we've, I don't know if I can name any players from Bahrain oh god no I think Stoke played him in a friendly once though <laughs> brilliant on, on, a, on a pre-season tour 
Um, luckily, but... luckily, a, cor- a corner of our our listenership are by rain scouts. So I think <laughs> it's going to be your lucky day. They're going to they're going to tweet us. Uh, we have some uh, from the listeners. Some some really good ones. Um, Benito SCFC was scouted in Saudi Arabia, and uh, by a team called Etihad Jeddah. But uh, nothing came of it as he was leaving the country for Kenya within six months of it happening. He, who knows, he could have been the, the darling of Saudi football, but uh, <laughs> didn't happen. Matt Selfridge said he did a step over in year four PE <laughs> and the teacher was really impressed. So he went on to be an unused substitute in the primary school team. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love that, that it's like primary school football team. Just anyone who's willing. Oh, he showed some. <laughs> but, but he still didn't get a game. <laughs> too fa- too, he's a flare player. player. <laughs> flare player. Uh, clinical Salford was my favourite. He said, he played for Old Sage of Town and got a trial at Vale. They said I was good enough and offered me a contract, but I declined. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that is proper. And a, a, a similar story from At Run Frosty. Bale came to look at me, but I got sent off and they never came back. I win. <laughs> <laughs> and he also says, Sir Stanley, T- Sir Stanley Matthews once told me I played brilliantly after a game in a Staffordshire tournament. Aww. Which was nice. Oh, that's huh? a nice. That's a nice way to end it. Yeah. There we go. I, I, I love that our listeners just turned down the veil. <laughs> yeah. Never mind a career in football. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we move on then to sort of non-footballing matters but something that uh, piqued our interest during the week uh, our chairman Peter Coates appeared on Question Time uh, Ben you're a, a politics nut <laughs> uh, uh, first, first of all what did you think of uh, Coatesy appearing on Question Time is, did, did, did you did you worry beforehand that this might might be embarrassing also? Do, do you mean do you mean Ben of Five Live fame oh yeah he, Ben had his had a slot on five oh, live. So, sorry, sorry. Well, well, we're all puffing each other up. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, you're the reigning World Cup of Stoke fans. I, I champion. thought I thought this was going to be a section of its own right in the next. Well, let's, <laughs> well, let's make it a section. Yeah, Chris. You, yeah, you won. Uh, yeah, we beat the evils of football Twitter. Yes, and then won the World Cup of Stoke fans. Yeah. To be honest, I did it for all all Stoke fans. We're we're going to make Stoke fans great again. Yeah, we're going to do it bigly. In fact. No, no one is as good a Stoke fan <laughs> as me. Well, well, clearly, uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, it's uh, Matt Selfridge uh, runs an annual World Cup of Stoke fans on Twitter. A lot of controversy around this year's tournament uh, use of football Twitter accounts and all that. But um, yeah, our very own Chris Brammer emerged victorious, uh, beating fellow uh, socialist Jamie Chatfield in the final. Yeah, I, I was happy with my respectable quarter-final finish. Um, I think we all got to the knockouts, which was we uh, did, we did, we all made good. it out of the group stages. Yeah, there were some very you. famous Stoke fans in it yeah. that didn't make it out of the group stages. Ha. So, you, so unlucky lads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, it was it was all good fun. Yeah, um, and I'll be honest, I took it a little bit too seriously. As, like, we're, as we're doing now by discussing it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't believe we've, we're donating this amount of time to it. <laughs> what I like is that we've done... Oh, right. Before, just, to, just to make you aware, listeners, before when we were planning it out, yeah, we really should speak about Peter Coates on Question Time. Yeah, it was it's an important part of like the the week. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the World Cup of Stoke fans instead. Who cares for yeah. politics? Back back to uh, Peter Coates. So, ben, did you, what, what did you think when you found out Coates was, was on it? Did you... 
sort of like, oh, this could be potentially embarrassing for us all. Be like, mm, fair enough. Not at all. I was I was very excited to see him on it. I was thinking on the train up today how many chair men or chair people <laughs> would you see on a on a question time in the Premier League. I don't I don't think there'd be many. I wouldn't be able to name anyone else. Maybe Karen Brady. Brady I don't uh, know what her role is at West Ham. But anyway, I th- I think it's something to be proud of. It's it's it was great to see, and I think. Whatever your views, politics-wise, were, I think he spoke very well. He he came across as a very considered man. Um, he was friendly, I thought, and yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I, I, like, uh, not not to delve too much into our own politics because that will make us lose listeners. But um, yeah, uh, I, his politics kind of a lot align with mine. Um, and he, a fair play to him because he is a strong Remain voice in a room which seemed to be very Brexit to me, and he sort of uh, held tight to his opinions. He didn't, he didn't sort of placate people like saying, "Oh, oh, but I respect this." Blah mm-hmm. blah. He, he was like firm in his convictions, um, and yeah, he came across really well, um, uh, despite being sat next to that horrible cow from the mail. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I was. I think the overwhelming reaction, even from Stoke fans who disagreed with him, was that he um, came across mm. very well. And uh, yeah, that's good to see. Um, he always speaks well, though, doesn't he? Mm. When when you do see him on interviews on football related things, he does come across as a very very intelligent guy. And I spoke well. You have to be get where you are, where mm. where where he is. Um, but no, I, I I completely agree. I think that he 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 came across as just. Very, he he didn't seem out of place. He he knew what he was talking about. It was nice to have that local voice, Mm. a successful local voice, because I think a lot that to go on to the election itself. I think a lot of the by-election in Stoke Central really portrayed the area in a very negative way. It was quite a, especially the the, I think mainstream media portrayed it in a really. Yeah, there, there was this Down sense of, um, sorry if this is getting too political for you, but I thought it, there was a sense of poverty porn on mm, us from the mainstream mm. media. It was all about, right, Stoke is Brexit central. We need to get angry people on council estates interviewed now. Whereas Coates uh, is a multimillionaire businessman who's mm. done it all from Stoke and is doing more for the area now than God knows how many councils or MPs you could name. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, and then and then as soon as the results came in and it didn't go the swing, all sh- oh, shock way that they kind of almost were. I think guiding it for, for yeah. yeah, that yeah. was it. Uh, we're all out of Stoke now. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, Labour won Stoke, yeah. and it kind of became an afterthought. And it, yeah, it it left a very bitter taste the, the by election. I felt. I think I think the best thing about sorry, just one more thing on coach is just the fact in a world where we're used to seeing so many people just shouting and making their voices heard without really saying anything that makes sense at all. He, just the way that he took his time with everything that he yes. said. I was just sitting there thinking, there's no rush for you to say what your opinion is. Just he thought about everything he said and he said it well. Mm-hmm. Fair play. I hope to see him on it again mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, top marks for Coatsy. Uh, we'll touch on some sort of other footballing issues uh, from the week then because uh, if you try and make us talk about that Spurs game, for any longer, I think I think we'll lose our minds. Um, obviously, the biggest sports story of the week was Claudio Ranieri's sacking from Leicester City. 
shortly after their two one defeat in Sevilla. Um, guys, a uh, lot of high emotion about this sacking and a few people jokingly suggesting Ranieri for the Stoke job after today. Ben, what did you make of the decision? It's a very, very tough one, I think. I don't think they really could have done a good job because if it comes to the end of the season and unless the City get relegated, how many of these journalists are, are playing it sort of like their angels would have been like, why on earth did Leicester stick with Ranieri if they went, then got re- relegated? I don't know the answer to that question, but it's just maybe something to think about. I think obviously they're struggling massively. I just think it was a weird time to do it after it it could have been almost like a turning point in that severe match I was one of the people that to be honest completely ex- I expected them to be just played off the park and, and in the first half they were but in the second half they came back and played really well but we're not talking about that too much so I just think the timing of it was very strange I suspect they might have a replacement already sorted out which is why they did it at that point and they're maybe holding back on announcing that until sort of the the wound isn't that fresh I don't know maybe that's just me speculating well it is definitely me speculating but we'll see um but I wouldn't have sacked him they've they they've had such an amazing time and I think that kind of deserves maybe a period of just letting it letting it see what happens they're not relegated yet and I think he could have turned it around but I don't know Chris in a in a scenario where Mark Hughes won the league with Stoke and then uh, we were looking like being relegation candidates the next season but also still in the Champions League, would this decision uh, outrage you? Um, it's a very good question. I, it's difficult to get yourself into that mindset because it's very easy for us as fans outside to be thinking, oh, where, where's your room for sentimentality? Hmm. I, I think... If we were in that situation, I think people would be as split as they are over Ranieri, but I think there is justification yes, for, in that scenario for Mark Hughes to go, as in this situation, Ranieri to go. I think, as with everything, there is more to it than meets the eye. I, it wouldn't surprise me if the locker room has been a part of this mm-hmm. it won't surprise me if there's been things happening in the boardrooms that's also moved towards it it isn't just an outright oh well that result against Sevilla wasn't good let's time to get rid of him as you say it's an odd time they've just had the January window if it was really about right well we need to seriously get someone in to s- stave off our relegation then you would have got someone in earlier perhaps it again I think Without being a Leicester City fan, yeah, it's it's easy to be like, oh, it's modern football. Getting oh, there's no no loyalty anymore. But only Leicester fans can truly say how they feel. And I think Leicester's performances haven't been good enough, especially when you compare them to last year. Yeah, even if they did overachieve last year, they're for the squad they've got. Then I would say they're underperforming for the team that they have. Yeah, that that was my view on it. We were. It was sad, but it wasn't a disgrace. Was mm-hmm. pretty much my opinion on it. Um, like I, I love, I love Ranieri. Mm-hmm. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And like when Sky show all the montage of him, like doing oh dilly ding dilly dong and the pizza <laughs> and the 
everything. It's just like, oh, Claudio. He's like, he's just so, he's just a nice old man. You want him to be your granddad, don't you? But, um, yeah, you, you, the Leicester City board are thinking, right, we can seriously go down here and you can't change the players post-January. You can't like up, uh, you know, change the entire squad. So you've got to do what you think is the best possible way to avoid relegation. Now, you, fans might perfectly well argue like, oh, I'd take going down if it meant we won the league. But like, that's not how you, that's not how you operate a business. Like going down means like backroom staff lose jobs. It means like a lot less money coming in. It, it causes real economic mm-hmm. hardship for clubs. We've seen it. Like clubs around here, for example, like Leeds and... Um, Sheffield United and stuff like when they've gone down, they have struggled to mm-hmm. come back up because of the, you know, the impact of relegation. Uh, so I, I did, I found it to be a bit too uh, cloying the sort of uh, the, the sort of sort of pearl clutching for any area. I thought it was just like going a bit too far. It was sad that we lost a, a real, real great character who achieved something unbelievable. But again, if that was Stoke, yeah, okay, I wouldn't mind going down having won the league. I think I think we'd all do that trade. Like if we won the league, I'd be I'd still be drunk now, you know. <laughs> but um, I'd want to go down knowing we did everything we could possible to stay up, yeah. including you know killing our darling. So uh, uh, that's about it uh, for me. Where with regards to Ranieri, um. Before we go, then, we should mention the FA Youth Cup. Uh, ben, I believe you're going to Preston tomorrow night, as am I. Uh, it's the quarterfinal of the FA Youth Cup, and oh, I, I don't know who we're playing in the semis. It's either Villa or Man City. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe they played the other day. But, uh, oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise. We don't know, but... Um, uh, first of all, credits the club for free travel to the game, uh, which is is a sign that we're sort of taking this seriously now because we've we've had youth games on Facebook and stuff, and I think there's gradually been more interest being shown in it, and uh, it's also free admission at Preston. So if you are listening to this before Monday night and you can get to Preston, uh, I think we'd encourage you all to go because uh, Stoke haven't got to this stage in a long, long time. I believe the last time we, the only time we've reached the FA Youth Cup final was in 1984. So, um, Knowledge, look at that. Uh, yeah, I believe we lost to Everton uh, that day. Uh, <laughs> wow. And I, and I can't name any of those the youth players that played <laughs> were, that day. Were you there? <laughs> because I'm a true fan, yes, I was there, despite <laughs> not being born. Um, so, yeah, uh, really looking forward to this one. Uh, could be uh, could be what we need this season, to be honest. <laughs> a cup run. A Stoke team doing well. It's like hard to believe. Um, but I think uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, Chris, uh, we'll, we'll leave on a positive note. Chris, are we going to meet Middlesbrough? Yes. Why are we going to meet Middlesbrough? Because Middlesbrough are awful and we will have that small bounce where it's like we just lost 4-0 yeah it's time we start again and we'll win scrappily 1-0 but we'll win I think we will Ben give us some optimism for the rest of the season sorry now that we've mentioned Middlesbrough that took my mind back to our first season in the Premier League 
and going all the way up to the riverside and losing I think we lost 2-1 yeah. because of a Alfonso Alves free kick and a touch eye goal and I was there and sorry we've supposed to be being positive we're going to beat Middlesbrough next week and I think the positives we can take from the rest of the season is that Hughes is going to realise that it's not working for him he's going to realise that he needs to make a plan for the team and by the end of the season we're going to be playing fantastic football and we'll be going into next season and we're going to win the league and then we'll the answer to that question about what we do if we then get relegated the season after <laughs> would have to answer that question for Stoke because it's going to happen come on Stoke <laughs> uh, Shell, before we go shall we just get really angry not, not at Stoke uh, we'll, we'll open the hate locker which is something uh, Jason did on thewizardsofdribble.com let's find reasons to get really angry with Middlesbrough and fuel up some and stoke the fires of hatred mm. for the next game let's get really up for it Let's like uh, make the ground a cauldron once again. Yeah. Like, why do we hate Middlesbrough? Ugh. Come on, somebody think They've of it. They've got an awful home kit. Yes, it's awful. They've got like a white straw. <laughs> yes, it's awful. They don't deserve to wear football shirts. They were rumored to be in for Bojan. Disgrace. Get, sod them. Ben, hate Middlesbrough for me. It takes a long time to get to Middlesbrough. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> God, they're just awful, aren't they? Bloody Parmos <laughs> get stuffed. <laughs> Bloody plastic Geordies are what they are. Oh. With, with, your, with your smog. And, <laughs> and, and your um, Steve McLaren. You made Steve, you made Steve McLaren look like a respectable manager and England paid the price for that. You're a disgrace, Middlesbrough. You're an absolute goddamn disgrace. And we're going to stuff you next week. It's going to be 4-0. That's it from the Wizards Drivel podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Chris, for joining me. Thank you, Dave, for coming to Sheffield. Thank you, Ben. Pleasure to see you as always. Thank you, too. <laughs> thank you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank you, too, T-O-O. Like, thank you, too. I thought Ben had just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> the hard uh, drive just gone. I'm going to say thank you to my fancy football captain, Harry Kane. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Thank you, uh, to producer Dan for this episode for supplying Please. us this uh, space in which to record the podcast uh, I'm surrounded by uh, uh, his clothes, a Sheffield Wednesday banner and pictures of famous British wrestlers, although they don't include Charlie Adam which is, <laughs> which is unusual uh, thank you very much uh, guys for everyone listening for, first of all, sitting through that Spurs game and uh, <laughs> deciding to listen in listen to a podcast about that Spurs game a fair play to you um, well done to everyone who went as well because um, yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd have I don't think I'd have enjoyed that uh, see you next week goodbye you are listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast a place for the love of the game what I love about football is just the, the random hugs that happen after goals with strangers in the crowd a place for unadulterated emotion. The talk of the Tony Pierce child and then that, I'm going to be crying in the street in a second. A place for bold predictions. I put it public that I don't think Crouch is going to score a goal again for us in the league. A place for expert insight. I'm with Stan Collymore of all people. Stan, you watch a lot of football. And if all those areas were not covered, Pulis would go absolutely ape in the dressing room at us. And a place for hashtag deploy and goy. It's a big moment in his career. It's a, a big moment in his life, probably. I can't help but feel entirely responsible <laughs> for what just happened. The Wizards of Drivel podcast. A place for Stoke City. Now this is Trump's podcast. <laughs>